0: You've been here, some of you, uh, you've just now kind of started coming back and welcome back. We're glad you're here. Uh, You've gotten vaccinated and and you are comfortable. Others are are making their way back. Some of you have been back for a long time. And if you've been paying attention uh, to our sermon series and kind of where we've been over the last five months from January on, uh, there's a pattern that we're following. At the beginning of the year, in January, we talked about all things new, Um, a new song in our heart, we're a new creation, Uh, we look forward to a new heaven and a new earth, kind of a a theological understanding of uh, where God has us uh, and where he wants to take us. And then uh, we spend a number of weeks looking at the life of Jesus, because if we're gonna experience that new heaven and that new earth, if we are a new creation, then we need to model our life after the one who gives us eternal life, and his name is Jesus. And so we looked at the life of Jesus and his ministry and how so many people um, in the ancient world and even in the modern world miss the greatness uh, of Jesus Uh, but we need to focus our attention and follow our lives after and place our faith in him and him alone as the perfect son of God and then we move to our families and our interpersonal relationships if once I understand my life in Christ then I need to extend that to my family to my husband and wife, my husband and wife relationship, my sibling relationships, parent-child relationships. And we just got through with that and hopefully some of you got an umbrella and you used it maybe even today. uh, You use that umbrella as our gift to you. And then today, beginning today and moving through the summer, we're going to shift gears uh, to thinking about one another uh, and how we should treat those that are also followers of Christ Uh, those that are in the body of Christ, those people that also claim to be Christ followers. How do we connect with one another? How do we do that? Uh, A number of months ago, we talked about one another's. Uh, There are a number of positive one another's in the Bible. Pray for one another, serve one another, those kind of ideas. But there are also some things that we need to avoid doing to one another. And that's what we're going to look at over the next three weeks. And then beyond that, we're going to focus our attention uh, on the world. And how we need to be a blessing and an influence, and take the gospel message uh, all across the world and so today, if you 've got a Bible, I want to encourage you to go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter five. Uh, again, those of you online welcome we 're glad you 're here with us today we 're going to be looking at Galatians five, but before we get there, I want to share some names with you and for many of you, these names will ring a bell. some of them you might know one or two of them, but you may not know all six but Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather, Lamar Odom and Aaron Carter, Evander Holyfield and Kevin McBride. Now some of you recognize those names. Three of those six names are former professional boxers. Floyd Mayweather, maybe the most famous and wealthiest of the bunch, Evander Holyfield, the guy who Mike Tyson bit his ear off, and Kevin McBride. All three of those men are former boxers. The other three guys on the list are artist-singer type guys, a YouTube guy, social media person, and a washed-up basketball player. But these men have decided in all of their wisdom... To fight each other in a boxing match. Logan Paul, who's become kind of famous again for his boxing prowess as this internet sensation, is going to fight Floyd Mayweather, one of the greatest champions of all time. They're going to fight. They're going to have a boxing match. Lamar Odom, this giant of a man who who was a basketball player, is going to box Aaron Carter, this sort of famous singer, actor, guy. And Evander Holyfield, who needs the money, (laughs) is going to fight Kevin McBride, who is another former heavyweight champion, not champion, uh, boxer. And I wonder, why would these old guys get into a ring and beat each other up? That doesn't make any sense to me well, we know why. They're doing it for the money. We know why. But I know that Floyd Mayweather, he's doing it for another reason. He wants to prove to Logan Paul and the rest of the world that you can't just decide to be a boxer one day. And I'm going to prove it to the whole world by beating you to a pulp. And we look at these guys and so many others who want to prove how great they are. And they want to prove how great they are at the expense of others. And I want you to keep that in mind, that idea in mind, as we look at Galatians chapter 5 and what God, how God calls us to act toward each other. So if you've got your Bible, Galatians five. We're going to look at verse 24, 25, and 26. It says this in Galatians 5, 24. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. And here's the payoff pitch. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. One version, one translation of the scripture speaks to verse 25 in this way. "If the Spirit is the source of life, let the Spirit also direct our course. If the Spirit is the source of my life, then may it also may He also direct my course. If we've been crucified with the flesh, verse 24, if we've been crucified with the flesh, which we have been, if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if we have placed our faith in Christ, then we've nailed our sin to the cross. Those passions and desires of our old life are gone. They've been nailed to the cross where they need to be nailed. And if we live by the Spirit which We do live by the Spirit. If A is true, then B is true. If we have been crucified with Christ, then we live by the Spirit. And if that is true, then when the tempter comes, when Satan comes to tempt us to live any kind of different way, one commentator said it this way we should savagely say to him, the enemy, to the world. Savage is a negative word. I think of zootopia. Right, some of you did too, so we just we're all group thinking here. But that word savage, we, we should aggressively resist the enemy and say no. My sin has been crucified. It's nailed to the cross. I'm not going to bring it back. You're not going to bring it up. You're not going to change it. No, I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to get the hammer out and try to pry those nails off the cross. No, I'm leaving it there because I walk by the Spirit. I live by the Spirit. I'll set my mind on the things of the Spirit, and I will walk according to His purpose, each and every day, each and every moment. And that word walk there in verse 25 means to order our lives according to His Spirit. According to the Holy Spirit, He directs our lives, controls our lives, fills our lives. It's the idea of not just walking aimlessly, not just out for an afternoon stroll, no, to walk with purpose and direction as if I'm on a journey and I have a destination to go to. I'm making progress. I'm actually moving in the right direction to follow after the things of God. That is to walk in a straight line behind a leader. I want to follow the leader, the God of the universe. The one who's filled me with his spirit, the one who guides me. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5, we looked at that last Sunday where he read, Be filled with the Spirit. And when you and I are filled with the Spirit, we speak to one another differently with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And we talked about not you know, going around quoting songs to each other, but speaking in a way that edifies, encourages, blesses one another. We give each other goodness and we submit ourselves one to another. We live under submission to each other. We consider others. And we live by the Spirit. We don't just look at ourselves and think about ourselves. We think about others and live by the Spirit. And as we do that, as we live by the Spirit, it's not this mystical kind of unique Undefinable experience that we have? No. Living by the Spirit has very practical application for how we treat one another. Living by the Spirit has practical impact on your relationships with one another. Because when you and I live by the Spirit, our relationships with each other will be different, how we love each other will be different. And so, understand that when you and I submit to the will of the Father, when we submit to God's plan, we understand His presence in our own lives, we live differently with each other. Our lifestyle should show others who we follow. How we live and speak to each other, particularly in the faith community, should show others who we follow. Verse 26 is instructive for us. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. It's instructive because it demonstrates to us that our conduct toward others is determined by our opinion of ourselves. How I treat you is determined by what I think about myself. If I'm conceited, then I'm going to treat you one way. If I'm humble and submissive to you, I'm going to treat you differently. I'm going to treat you in a different way. And so, how we think about ourselves impacts how we treat each other. Self conceit will lead to provoking. And envy. Let me challenge you, church family, vanity will poison all of your relationships. When you think too highly of yourself, it will poison every other relationship you have. It will. In the 15th century, this word was translated vain glorious, one word, vain and glorious together. Vain is empty, right? That word means to empty. Glory means to exalt, to lift on. So it's empty. Exaltation. That's what conceit is. I'm exalting something that is empty. That's conceit. Thinking of myself more highly than I should. Thinking that I'm better than everyone, that, that I've got this better understanding of life or skill or anything than anyone else. Or, I look at others and think, oh, they're so much better than me. My conceit is misplaced. But when I think too highly of myself, I provoke others. That word provoke is unique to the New Testament, it means to challenge to a contest. You're so sure that you're superior that you want everybody to know it, you want to prove it to everybody no, you're fast. Well, let's race. I know no teenage boy has ever done that. There's a couple of middle-aged men that have done it. Because we think we're better. And I'll race you as just a metaphor. You fill in the blank for whatever yours is, that you're better at everybody else then. Or how about this? I bet you can't do this. Hmm. We do that as kids, but we do it as adults as well. In the workplace, in our marriage, among our friends in Sunday school or small group, we one-up each other oh, you got a great testimony about how God, well, listen to this. Now, I'm not bragging, but hmm, provoke to push us to challenge, to, to demonstrate that I'm better than you. God called us not to live that way, but to live by the Spirit. On the opposite end of the spectrum is this idea of envy, that I'm jealous of of your talents. I'm jealous of your accomplishments. I'm jealous of your relationships. I can't stand the fact that you're successful in some area of your life and I'm not. It angers me. And so we make up all kinds of excuses or we backbite or we tell others, oh, uh, they just got that because their parents gave a lot of money which is probably true, but they still got it. Oh, they got a raise because they're the boss's third cousin. And we we do everything we can to cut the legs out from people. When they see success, when they experience joy, when they have victory, That's true inside the church and outside the church. God says, don't provoke one another. Don't envy one another. When we're motivated by feelings of superiority or inferiority, we live differently. We live contrary to the Spirit of God. God. When we think we're better than everyone else, we challenge them to to demonstrate to the world how great we are. Until two or three years ago, and even now occasionally I'll mention it, I'll challenge my boys to a race because I'm pretty confident I could beat all of them still. One I'm very confident in. The other two, not so much, I won't tell you which ones, I'm sure they will later, And the reason why I was so confident is because I told them that I get to choose the distance. (laughs) Physics is on my side for a certain amount of time. Thankfully for my long stride and still at my advancing age, a quick start. But we think we can do it. Because our mind says we can sometimes. And we challenge. And we want people to know our superiority. And living by the Spirit is about humility and grace. And so when we feel too great about ourselves, we challenge people. But when we feel like others are better than us, we envy and we We turn green because we can't stand the fact that someone else might be more successful than me. We create this fantasy opinion of ourselves and of our rival. And all that does is yank that flesh off the cross and relive it instead of leaving it where it is. But God has a different way for us. He has a a different motivation for us. He, He has given us his spirit. He has shown us a different way to live and that different way is through love and grace, through the fruit of the spirit, right? The outpouring of living a life Filled with the Spirit, walking in step with the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self control. I think that's all of them mostly in the right order. But those things that God calls us to, a different way to live, a way to seek the Spirit, to walk in step with Him, to make progress towards becoming more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. To walk with purpose and definition and to see, oh, as I'm on this journey, there are others around me in the the family of faith that I can help encourage and bring along with me so that they too can walk in the Spirit. As I demonstrate walking in the Spirit, it will encourage them to do so because I understand who I am and I have the right perspective of who I am. I don't think too highly of myself, which is what Romans tells us. That doesn't mean think lowly of yourself, it means to think rightly of yourself. That I'm someone created in the image of God, I'm perfectly knit together in His image for great purpose and plan that he's put me in this place of greater Brazoria, Galveston, and Harris County to live out his purpose by the Spirit so I can help advance his kingdom and bring glory to him. And so I know who I am. I understand that my sin, not your sin, my sin took Jesus to the cross And he willingly paid for that sin so that I could have life abundant right here and right now and I could have life eternal. I have a proper perspective of who I am. So I understand how he made me. I understand why he died for me. I understand why he wants me to live for him. And I understand the same thing about you. And so I want to be a blessing. I want to see value in you. I understand that he has redeemed us by his blood. And so I see value in you and I want to help foster that value in you. And so let's prove our spirit-filled life by blessing one another. And we be a blessing to one another in the family of faith. We're, we're fellow believers and so let's encourage each other. When you post on Facebook how perfect your life is and how your kids uh, won the state championship, way to go, Bay Area Christian, uh, then we need to celebrate that. We, we need to celebrate that. When, when, when you have something great happen in your faith life, you're able to talk to somebody and you share that with somebody else, I, I, I want to celebrate you. May we be a people who bless one another by celebrating our wins. When your family wins, when you win in life, I want to celebrate that. I don't want to get angry at that because I didn't win in that moment. I don't want to provoke you to anger because I think Friendswood High School is still better than Bay Area. See, you don't want to do that. I knew I could get you riled up today. Who cares? Let's celebrate one another. Let's bless one another. Because our Christian life should be defined by service to each other, by blessing each other. Not by that I'm better than you and I'm gonna prove it. That's not what God calls us. He calls us to be a family who encourages who sees value in each other. And so let's celebrate with joy when others succeed. Let's be people who don't provoke but bless. Let's not be people who envy but who bring value to each other. That's God's calling for us. That's what he's called us to be as people of faith. As a household of faith. And even as Paul continues in chapter 6, he talks about people who are caught in sin. And we like to just kick them while they're down. That's what the church does oftentimes. We get stuck in sin and, oh, well, you deserved it. Well, sure they did. But so do you. And so let's be a blessing and a restoration and a hope and encouragement for people. And my I say it's a joy and privilege to serve you. This past weekend we did mission we, we had one of our missional pathway Uh, Days, weekends for Awaken and about 50 of our church members uh, participate in that. If you haven't, there'll be another time for you to do it in the fall. Let me tell you, you don't want to miss it. But one of the greatest moments uh, of our weekend, Friday night and Saturday, was when the electricity went off yesterday. If you live in in Friendswood, there's a good chance your electricity went off yesterday. And it did that because someone decided to hit a pole on 528 and we thought the electricity was going to be out for two or three hours and so it was kind of ruined our whole afternoon and it was a mess. One of the greatest blessings of our whole weekend was that four or five guys grabbed a bunch of folding chairs from the Club 56 room and took them outside underneath the trees and set them up so that if electricity was out the rest of the day we could finish our sessions outdoors. Now, the good news is within about 45 minutes or an hour, the lights came back on and we were able to stay inside and have the air conditioning. And at 3.15 or so when we were done, those same four or five folks and a couple of others went back outside, grabbed all those chairs, and put them back in. And And I walked outside and they were done. No, like... Hey, look what we did. No, uh, hey, you know, I, hey, we're going to go outside. Everybody, we're going to go outside and pick the chairs up just so you know. It's, we're we're going to do that. No, they just did it. The blessing of serving one another. Opening our eyes to see where we can serve one another, bless one another, celebrate with one another. You haven't paid attention, you may have noticed this, but three or four times in the last eight weeks, this door right over here, if those of you watching online can't see it, but this door over here has been opened at the beginning of the service and it drives me crazy. (laughs) Because that's our choir room and the lights on and we have extra chairs until we get back to full full. Uh, We have some chairs stored in there. And without asking, without doing anything, someone on our staff sneaks around the back, I won't mention his name, Matt Parker, um, and goes and shuts the door. And sneaks out that way and then walks all the way back around to where he's sitting. Like the tiniest of blessings. The tiniest. But it's because... Our eyes are open to bless one another. So let me encourage you today to look to one another so that you may bless them. You may encourage them. You may bring joy and you may celebrate their joy. Don't get frustrated that they have joy and they have a a victory and you don't. Celebrate with them. Because that's what we're called to do as people of faith, as people who walk by the Spirit. It's my privilege, it's my joy to serve you and bless you. That's our calling as people of faith. Let's live it out, will we? Let's pray together.